Ephesians chapter 1. So we looked at the, the first half of the chapter last week, and this week we're going to look at from verse 15 onwards, while I find that, um, which is a prayer, Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. And I wonder, um, I, I went on a, a great thing yesterday, which I'd highly recommend. There's, there's an organisation which my mentor, uh, Peter Jackson, is involved with uh, called Christian Prayer Ministry. And often when I, I go and uh, um, talk to him in our, my mentor sessions, he will talk about things that have happened through Christian Prayer Ministry. And I didn't really know much about it. And, and then he told me a story the other day of, of something which just intrigued me um, and how through prayer and prayer ministry... Um, Things have changed in, in this person's lives, uh, this person's life, and um, so I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go and find out more about this. So they had a day day session yesterday, um, and I uh, hiya, hello, that's all right. Good morning. Do take a seat. Do take a seat. We don't need any details. It's all right. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I was at this uh, conference yesterday, and it had two parts. The, the morning was teaching on prayer ministry and how God sets us free from uh, all kinds of things. You know, talked about things that would have happened in your childhood, in your teenage years, um, things, traumas in your life, and just how through prayer God can heal those kind of things. And then in the afternoon, now you you may think this sounds a long time, but we had a two-hour. Uh, prayer appointment it was called with three other people and they would then pray for you individually so you just sat around and they would talk about and so they would just say well what's God been highlighting to you that you'd like prayer for and so I just talked about a few things that happened to me when I was a, a child and a teenager and then we spent two hours talking and praying and it was wonderful. It was like having an MOT, you know, like a spiritual MOT and, and then the other so that was half of the group and then the rest the other half of the afternoon, the people that weren't being prayed for then prayed for the people that were being prayed for in another room and asked God for words of knowledge and wisdom and stuff and, and those were then fed back to that person. So it was just it's like having an MOT, like I say, and, and God sort of just really um, spoke to me and, and I, feel, I feel lighter this morning. I, I'll, give you, I'll be honest with you, just feel refreshed. It's good. Um, so... Quite a powerful thing. So I'd encourage you, if you get the opportunity, I can tell you when the next one is happening. I'll find out. And if you want to go on that, sign up. It's a great thing. Really good for you. Um, right. Yeah, okay. So yes, right. Back to Ephesians. Okay. Ephesians. So this is a prayer. And, and I, I was wondering if someone said, like they did to me yesterday, how can I pray for you? Or, or, or what can I pray for you about? What would you say? Um, is there a part... Um, of us that in, our, in a normal everyday uh, scheme of things we would be rather like the person on the Adelston chat page say well why why would you want to pray for me everything's you know nothing major happen if you're just going along bobbing along in life and you might say well I'm alright actually I don't really need prayer I mean how, how many people would probably say that if I said to you can I pray for you today there's probably some people here that have got stuff going on but I'm guessing there are a few people who are just kind of cruising and everything's fine would you kind of go don't really know am, am I is that fair? Yeah, on the whole? Maybe, maybe we're a bit British in that kind of respect as well. It's like, well, you know, don't bother yourself too much. You know? And I did say to these people that were prayed for me yesterday, you know, two hours, and in fact, they'd spent their whole day, they weren't getting paid, you know, that this was a voluntary act, that, that three people would dedicate two hours of their life just to focus on praying for me. That's quite over the top, it seems, in our culture. And apparently, they normally did it for three hours. Um, but it was, yesterday was a, a squashed, condensed day. 
Um, so I don't know whether we like asking for ourselves. So maybe let's broaden it out and say, okay, if, if I said, how, how, um, how about if I pray for your church? How can I pray for your church? You might think that's a little bit, okay, we can pray for the church because that's not quite me and it's all right to pray for the church. So you might think, okay, well, we could do with some more finances, wouldn't you think? We could pray about that, right? Just a little, a little reminder, uh, things to pray for for our church. You might think, let's pray for some more people to fill these chairs here and those chairs there, yeah? Okay, or we might think, let's pray for a greater connection with our community through Facebook and other things. Let's see. Or in some churches, they may be... Praying, Lord, please remove these pews. You know, if you, some churches would pray that. Or maybe some churches, they'd be praying, Lord, remove that vicar or pastor. <laughs> some church. I mean, I'm sure that never happens here. Um, and you know, you sometimes, do, do you get those prayer requests? That, or like organisations, like missionary organisations or charities, they will send, right, here's our monthly prayer letter. And they, what, what kind of things do they put on their prayer letters? Just give me some ideas, you know. Yeah. When it comes close to Christmas, yeah. more food. More, more food, yeah. Okay, yeah, more food for food bank, that kind of thing. Anyway. Guidance. Guidance. Yeah. yeah. Usually there's people in a situation that they want you to pray for somebody personally. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I find they almost tell you what to pray as well. So. Yes, that's yes, <laughs> what we want for the <laughs> Yeah, pray that John goes left at the, the junction that he's coming up to because we don't think he should go right. But let the Lord's will be done, but pray that. <laughs> you know, it's kind of quite directional, isn't it, sometimes? Um but anyway, and I don't think, if I'm honest, that any of that is wrong. It is right to pray for food for food bank. It's right, doesn't Jesus say, give us this day our daily bread? Okay, so it's, it's good to pray that. Um, it's good to pray for direction um, and, and allow the Lord to lead. You know, it's good to pray for, for one another and it's good to pray for finances, all kinds of things. Um, but what would happen, I wonder, if I put it this, what would happen if we met St. Paul? And St. Paul, you know, if you don't know who St. Paul is, he's a writer of the large part of the New Testament. He, the most, he's the sort of the most prolific writer in the New Testament. He was probably the most significant apostle in, in establishing the early church around the world. And imagine if he were here today, and in comes St. Paul, and he just, just a fleeting visit, you know, just King's Church, how can I pray for you? And then just before I go, how can I pray for you? What would we say? Um, well, I don't know what we would say, but here's what Paul would pray. <laughs> okay, there's a long introduction to reading the verse. So we're going to start at verse 15, and this is what Paul would pray, I think. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. 
That's Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. And if you go into Philippians for the Philippian church, he prays a very similar prayer. And if you go into Colossians for the Colossian church, he prays a very similar prayer. And in short, the prayer is this, because of course being Paul, he doesn't just kind of give us one little sort of like, it's quite complex towards the end there. It's almost like Paul can't help himself going off on one. He's a bit of a preacher. Um, But in short, the prayer is this, I keep praying that you will know God better. I keep praying and praying that you would know God better. That's what Paul prays for the churches. And it made me think that through these words from verse 16 onwards, Paul is praying for us. And I'm not going to get all Catholic and kind of talk about praying to the saints or the saints praying for us, that kind of thing. But, but right now, as we read these words that, that have been immortalised in scripture of Paul's prayer and the qualification for, the, for Paul praying for these for the church is that the church are the people that um, have faith in the Lord Jesus and love all God's people okay do we qualify there can we be a little bit more confident about that do we qualify for that yeah do we, we have faith in Jesus yes. yes and we love God's people yes good okay then this prayer Paul is praying for us. I think we fit the bill. We're not called the Ephesian church, but we are called the King's church. And God's word is living and active. And I think these words come to us now as a prayer for us. So that every time we read it, we pray for the church. Paul prays for the church through us, if you like. Um, And so I, I, I pray that we benefit from this this morning, that we benefit from Paul's prayer. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now, if you remember from last week, if you weren't here last week, we just looked at the first part of <coughs> chapter one. And as you read that, that first part of chapter one, you realise that the gospel is big. God is big. Our life in Christ is big. It's just mind-blowingly big. Um, and you can read that if you want. Uh, it's, it's the, the size and scale of, of what it is to be a Christian is a huge thing. And so I think that's right. why in verse 15 Paul says, and for that reason, because this is like too much for you to take in, for that reason I'm going to have to pray for you because there's no way you're going to get it. You know, we, we had a little debrief about um, the sermon last week and I asked Ella, you know, and because Abby was here as well, you know, how, how did you find it? And Ella said something like, uh, I didn't understand a word you were saying. It's like it's very encouraging. And um, but what I hope she meant was actually there's just a lot to take in. And the only way we can take it in, Paul realizes, is that I'm going to have to pray for you because for this reason it's so much to take in. I'm going to have to pray for you, and I'm pray for you continually that you will know God better, and that it's only by some spiritual revelation that you will get this once you've read it. It's too much to take in otherwise. And so his prayer is not for head knowledge. Now, if you look around the room, you may think there are some people there who are very clever, and you may look around the room and think there are people not so clever. And, you know, you can, you can work that out for yourself. But God goes beyond that because he doesn't speak first to our head. Good news, hallelujah. But he, he reveals it 
to our heart. It's a spirit of revelation to our heart. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And so this is a prayer for our heart to be opened to receive this from, through spiritual revelation. And, and we need this prayer to be prayed for us. Okay? Because we're all a bit slow and we all haven't experienced the fullness of God. So we all need this prayer prayed for us. So if someone says to you, how can I pray for you? And you really are stuck because life is so sweet. You can just say to them, pray Paul's prayer, which is that I would know God more. Because that is a prayer that will always be answered because there's always an answer for that because there's always more of God. There's always more to know of him. So it's a, I keep asking type prayer. Have you noticed that? I keep asking. It's, it's not that Paul didn't think his prayer wasn't being answered, but he realises that you, you can't stop praying this prayer. Make sense? Because God is just keeping... There's more of God, always more of God. And so the prayer that God... That the church would know God through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of their heart will be opened. And what are they open to? They, he goes on to say that they would know the hope which he's called you to, the, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his incomparably great power. And then he goes on to describe that power, that same power. Now get this, guys. I mean, you really need, we need the, the, the spiritual revelation to have this happen in us. But it's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in us. Just try, I mean, if I said to you the same power that's in a Ferrari Formula One car was in your car, you'd go, cool, you know, and you'd get, the next time you're on the N25 and you need to put away quickly, you'd be like, foot on the right hand pedal and poof, off we go because we know that we have a Ferrari engine in the, in the car. We would know what that meant, right? That's just a Ferrari, okay? Just a Ferrari. We are talking about the same power that raised Christ from the dead, I don't have an engine to compare to that. I don't have a rocket to compare to that. I don't have a nuclear bomb to compare to that because there isn't one. That same power is alive in us and at work in us and moving in us. Okay. How are you going to get your head around that? You can't. So we keep praying that you would know God better and that same power will be at work in us. And that I pray that you would know the fullness of the hope. I pray you would know the fullness of his glorious inheritance. And I pray you would know the fullness of his power at work in your lives. I pray you'd know God better. That's Paul's prayer. That's our prayer for one another, isn't it? Now notice something else about this prayer. That actually it's not a prayer to get things from God. How many of our prayers are, God, can you help me with this? Can you get me to do that? Can we? And these, those are not necessarily wrong prayers. Like we say, give us this day our daily bread is not a wrong prayer. But this prayer is a prayer to get more of God himself. So it's not a change of our circumstances that we're asking for here. It's not um, a change of our condition externally, if you like. But it's actually a change of our position and perspective on the circumstances. Because the more we understand God, the more we get of God, then that changes our world view of the, the things that are going on around us. And if you think about the Ephesian church, you don't have to do much history to sort of th- just imagine the Ephesian church. It would have been tough for them, right? Small little church in a town that would have been very different to them, a very hostile situation, a lot of other worship of other gods. You've got the Roman Empire going on, so there would have been persecution, no doubt. There would have been just death from disease in 
in all kinds, just in normal everyday life. There would have been oppression from the Roman powerful forces and maybe enemies against them. There would have been hardship. You know, I mean, our, what we do with CAP and stuff and, and food bank is, would have been nothing. <laughs> you know, the, the hotline to CAP in those days would have been ringing off the hook. If we think it's busy now, back in those days, it would have been pretty awful, I'm sure. And their lives would have been far less secure than our lives are today. We haven't... Who's it that said that? We don't know that we've got it so good. Is it some Prime Minister back in history? I don't know. You're looking at me blankly. Okay. We don't realise how good we've got it by comparison. But within this, have you noticed, there's no prayer for a better emperor. There's no prayer for protection against... The enemies that are coming. There's no, not even prayer for the next meal. Um, and they may be valid biblical prayers. But Paul's concern primarily is that the church knows God better. And I think for us, we maybe have flipped things around a bit too much in our modern way of life. Because in our modern way of thinking, we tend to think that our uh, inner life comes from our outer life. Meaning our inner satisfaction comes from outer things. Things on, on the outside of us. So we base our peace on things like, you know, what you think of me, what, how you view me, you know, or, or my, your social status, or your prosperity, the things that you have, the car that you drive, the house that you live in, or your performance, like how far you've got up the, the, the ladder at work or in whatever. But in Ephesians here, it's almost teaching that should be the other way around. To know God more fully, inwardly, to know God inwardly will help us relate to our outward circumstances. To know God fully, to know that he's my father and that I'm affirmed by him, then I'm going to worry less about what you think about me. Not that I don't care that I'm caring for you, but really at the end of the day, if I preach a great or a terrible sermon and you start throwing fruit, rotten fruit and eggs or not, or praising me with accolades and I'm the greatest preacher ever if you want to no I don't care see no, I do care but I don't care because I know that my affirmation and that I am a child of God comes from God so that's good I, and I pray that we know God better because the inner, our inner life with God transforms the way we approach our outer life we must never forget that as Christians we are inside out people meaning that the Holy Spirit transforms us from the inside out. And following Jesus is not about putting on a brave face and putting on some kind of outward exterior or show of holiness and say, oh, aren't I great? Without dealing with the stuff going on inside. But actually, it is God working through his spirit. Doesn't it say in the scripture that we are being transformed inwardly day by day? Day by day. The transforming happens by the renewing of our minds. It's a revelation again in our, in our heads. I'm very busy this morning. I'll, I'll move forward. Must be some zone over there. So Paul prays that we'd have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better, that the eyes of our heart would know him better. You know, the heart in the, in the scriptures is talking about the, that sort of centre of our being, that inner being. So inside, in our deepest part, we would know God. And in knowing God in the depths of us, Whatever's going on around us. Life works. Life works better. And that, it's important to get so that this is a, is a heart-knowing. Often in our evangelical circles, you know, 
the kind of churches that we're part of, and, and there is a great value to this, so I'm not knocking it, but we often focus on an intellectual understanding of what this means. So some churches will preach through Ephesians chapter 1 and take a whole year to, and they'll literally go word by word. And what does this word predestination mean? And we there's this whole thick, deep doctrine about it. And that's good. But that's not what this prayer is about. This prayer is not that you would know it up here in your head, but that you would know it in here, in your heart. That the, the depth and the meaning of these words would just... Would, would, deeply be embedded in your heart and that you would know God there so not just some cold facts but that we would be transformed from the inside out from our heart onwards so think of it like that we, 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 we talked about a Ferrari earlier but you know sometimes that, that's a good way of looking at it you know a, a car you, you can look on the outside of a car and you might think it looks it might have a Ferrari badge on it Right? So we could work on the externals and paint it red, make it look sporty, put the spoilers on. That's what kids do nowadays, isn't it? They get a knackered old car and make it look cool by putting all kinds of stuff all over it. And, and um, at the end of the day, it's still got a one-litre engine in it and coughs and splutters and doesn't start very well. But, you know, God is not like that. He's not doing this thing on the outside. First of all, he puts the engine inside us. He gets the stereo working inside us, you know. He gets the seats, that, and he works on the internal bits of the car that make the car the car. And then the rest just follows. And that's what he's doing in us. He's working inside us. And that's what this prayer is about. It's, I pray that right deep down in you would know God better. And as you know God better, that will just change the way you live. So to finish off, what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to keep our Bibles open at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Emma's already had us read the first bit out in her logistical coordination of two parts of Scripture. I don't know how those, that all happened without a crash in the middle, but it did, so well done, that was good. Um, but we're going to read and pray this prayer for one another. So you need to pair up, if you're not sitting next to somebody, um, you'll have to find somebody. It's pair up, and I want you to pray from verse 17 onwards just pray this prayer and get all the way down to the end of the chapter for each other and that's all you need to do just pray it so I might say Louise I pray and I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and then off you go that's how you pray it okay pair up and do that and then when you get to the end and then pray one for one person when you get to the end of it just let it sit for a moment and let the spirit come and do what you've just prayed and then after you've taken a moment, when it feels right, the other person can pray that same thing for the other person. Does that make sense? Any confusion there at all? Good. All right. And then, um, and then we're finished. We're done. Okay. Amen. I'll let you get on with that. And if you want to then go off and pray for one another in other more freestyle kind of ways, you're allowed to do that too.